Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Good morning. It is Tuesday, September 15th, and you're listening to the College Football Daily. My name is Trey Scott, and I'm joined right now by Brandon Marcello, National College Football Reporter for 24-7 Sports. Brandon is probably a little tired today because his weekend was spent in Norman, Oklahoma, and he's back home in Arkansas. Brandon, I'm really excited to talk to you today about what it was like covering a college football game in a COVID-19 pandemic. Yeah. Um, one word, weird. Um, <laughs> man, it, it, it was so strange. It was, um, I'm sure we'll go into more depth about it, but if you, if, I'm sure a lot of listeners have been to spring scrimmages and stuff like that. Imagine going to that, but it being even less exciting from a fan standpoint. It, hmm. it was, and of course, worrying about how close you're standing to people and what you're touching. It, it was very strange. All right. So walk us through everything. And before we even do that, like we'll, we will just say we're owned by CBS. Like the process to just get approved for that travel was was difficult. So like every precaution was taken as far as making sure you were being put in a safe position. So you get the green light, you drive, you go to Norman, walk us through, just like walk us through pretty much everything as far as the protocols that were put into place. Yeah, so we got approval, like, goodness, I think like Friday, the day before the game, we were kind of working toward uh, preparing that as if we were going to be there. And then, uh, um, you know, no hotel or anything. So I drove straight from uh, northwest Arkansas to Norman, Oklahoma, which is about four hours. I uh, literally timed it up to where I just drove straight to the stadium, parked, and went to the stadium, and then straight to the press box. Was it? Um, what was it like? No, no you know what was the the vibe outside like no tailgating was that pretty just somber were there any fans scattered around there were fans walking around waiting to maybe get into the game but there was no tailgating the parking lots were pretty empty um it was like it was a saturday in the off season walking around campus hmm. except there was maybe 50 people walking around outside the stadium from my walk to the car to the to the, the stadium gate which was about you know, 10 minutes, I, I, there may have been 25 to 50 Oklahoma fans outside, uh, about two hours before kickoff. Wow. Um, very strange. And of course there were, you know, roadblocks and all that stuff. Uh, but I don't even know if those were needed and, uh, some food trucks outside the stadium, which were absolutely dead. No one was eating. Yeah. And, um, went to the stadium gates and, there was really no one there other than security, and uh, security was pretty tame, pretty normal. They checked your bag and then uh, got my credential and uh, headed upstairs uh, on the elevator to the press box, and that's where I stayed all the way up until uh, after the post game. We weren't allowed to leave the press box. Um, you know, usually if you wanted to, you can go through the stands, go hang out there, maybe go talk to a player, parent, or uh, you know, maybe an Oklahoma administrator, 
that just wasn't allowed uh, in this COVID era uh, because of uh, social distancing protocols and they don't want you moving around. And also in the press box, every seat now <laughs> is six feet uh, apart from each other, and which makes for a very strange and very, not only is it sterile because they're you know cleaning everything and there's hand sanitizing stations everywhere, but you couldn't have conversations really with anybody because you're so far away from them. And so, and with columns, you know, in the uh, press box area, you might have two or three people uh, sitting in a space of about 20 feet and then there's a column and then that's it. So there's three people total in about a 20 foot space. And that's really kind of your world for four or five hours in the press box. And everybody's wearing masks. You're required to wear a mask the entire time other than when you're taking a sip of water or, or eating. And, um, it's very, it's very, very, very strange. It it feels like you're, uh, um, it feels like you're at home watching a game by yourself in a living room with a face mask on, I guess is the best way to describe it. I bet the Wi-Fi was better than usual. Um, yeah, it was, it was good. I was so like watch up, watch some other games uh, as well. Were there fans there? Was the band there? Were there any cheerleaders, cheer squad there? What was the, what was yeah. the environment like? You know, it wasn't too bad though. You know, in a press box of the closed windows that you can't really tell much, but it was, it was subdued. Obviously there yeah. was about, I think 22,000 people there and the band was there, but they weren't allowed to play at halftime, uh, on the field. So they actually showed, a video of them uh, playing a show inside the indoor practice facility for the halftime show. Uh, the uh, I believe the cheerleaders were in the stands, but of course they were separated by about six feet. Same with the band. They're about six feet apart. And um, the fans there, they had a, 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 you know, a different type of seating arrangements, which you guys have probably seen a lot on TV now where it's kind of a, you know, groups of families, like four people here and then six feet away from them or further is another group of two or three or whatever. Um, kind of uh, not really doesn't seem like a lot of rhyme and reason, but there is rhyme and reason between among the seating plans and fans on every level, upper deck, the two upper decks and, and of course the lower decks. And, you know, it, it almost made it seem like it was almost a full stadium because of fans being spread out everywhere. But it obviously was nowhere near full and um, nowhere near as loud as it usually would be. And of course the loudest cheers, really the only time I could hear anything in the press box was when OU would score a touchdown and, and uh, during the pregame, other than that, it was, um, it was a lot like being at a spring game when there's like 20,000 people there and they're kind of just waiting for something to happen to cheer for, because I'm sure obviously OU playing FCS Missouri state, which is not a good FCS team. It's a horrible FCS team. Didn't didn't help matters either. I have to ask ask. So Oklahoma won forty eight zero. They could have you know won one hundred fifty to zero. Did the fans leave early after spending an entire off season praying for football? Did they get ah you know we had we had two quarters. I'm out. No, a lot of them stuck around. That's the one thing I was really, really surprised about. Um, a lot of the fans just stuck around for the entire, pretty much the entire game. That's good. I mean, they wanted to see not only Spencer Rattler at quarterback, but they want to see Tanner Mordecai at quarterback. And we even got to see Chandler Morris 
the son of uh, former Arkansas head coach and current Auburn offensive coordinator, uh, Chad Morris, excuse me, play a little bit. And um, it was one of those games where no one quite knew what OU's roster was going to look like because there were some COVID worries. In fact, the game was in a little bit more jeopardy than that, that was being led on to going into that game because they had so many people out, not only for COVID, excuse me, COVID reasons, but also uh, disciplinary reasons. And by the count of the, some of the beat writers there, there was at least 19 players out at least and several starters, of course. And that, that hurt them to a standpoint where they had to play, you know, uh, scholarship guys all the way up until the end of the game you know, including one running back that they're probably going to count on this season throughout the entire game. So that that's a little bit of an issue. You don't want to be risking injury at that point. But, uh, you know, the fans wanted to see those backups because um, a lot of them played longer than maybe they should have, should have had more in third and fourth teamers out there. And that was only because the, the roster was so thin. The College Football Daily will be right back. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, so let's talk talk a little football. Spencer Rattler was awesome. Um, But you mentioned how bad FCS Missouri State was. Terrible. Yeah, and so like, the throws that Spencer Rattler was making were essentially against air, kind of, but they were really impressive throws, Brandon. And he kind of flicks his wrist and the thing goes 50 yards, and you wrote about that yeah. and how good he looked. And and just the fact that there probably aren't many players in college football who can make the kind of throws he was making. He was 14 for 17, 290 yards and four touchdowns. That's an average of 17 yards a throw, completion percentage of 82. What was your takeaway from watching him? Uh, I was super impressed. And, um, you know, the thing with Spencer Rattler, as you said, I kept being told about his quick release and boy, it's amazing. And this is what's going to help him going forward in the future. If he's facing a good defense and pressure's getting in his face, he's got such a quick release that he's not going to get a lot of sacks. And also he's not, not only does he have a quick release, but he could throw it 50 yards with a quick release. And we saw that 
against Missouri State. It's just built into the, his throwing motion, the way he throws. It's, there's always a quick release. It never changes. And, um, you know, you mentioned throwing against a bad Missouri State team. I'd say there was probably three throws in that game, a three of his 17 throws that are completions that maybe an above-average quarterback makes one of those three, but he made all three. And exceptional quarterbacks do that. Trevor Lawrence himself, Justin Fields. Um, but it's obvious that his natural arm talent, his 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 chemistry with his receivers, and also the scheme uh, all mix well together. I mean, there was a throw on the very first possession where he kind of got pushed out of the pocket, started scrambling to his left, and he started slowing down his steps because you're like, oh, he's going to throw the ball here. He's, he knows what's going to happen. He trusts his receiver. And sure enough, uh, Jeremiah Hall came back toward the ball a little bit with a defender pretty much draped on his back, and Spencer realized that the only place I can throw this thing is straight almost to the turf and have him dive toward it, but it's got to be a catchable ball where I give him time and – it was a perfectly thrown ball with a defender draped over his back trying to get his arm around him to bat the ball away. And he did get his arm around him to try to bat the ball away, but the ball was in there so quickly that uh, he didn't have a chance to even touch it. And uh, he was able to catch the ball. It was, I think it was his best throw of the night. Something that, you know, you might see on replay and go, oh, ho, hum. But when you're in the press box, you're live and you're watching the actual play develop instead of just the camera focused on one area, uh, it was impressive to me. That, that's a throw that not a lot of quarterbacks make, obviously. And, then, of course, there was the two big touchdown passes, uh, one of which, I mean, the defenders were like two or three steps behind. Another where the, the defender was like one step behind. But he delivered it in stride. It was perfect breadbasket delivery. And then I think his second most impressive throw to me was actually on a corner route uh, 25 yards away from the end zone to Charleston Rambo, who already had a touchdown catch in that game, uh, had a defender right on him. I mean, great coverage by Missouri State in that tight space. But Radler managed to get the ball out and drop it like right over his shoulder and right over the defender, right into his outstretched hands, and he dropped it. Um, oh. Otherwise, it would have been a touchdown. And his quarterback rating would have been even more incredible. But um, the kid, the kid's got it, man. And there, there's no doubt in my mind that twenty four seven got it right in saying he was the number one quarterback in his class because uh, what he's what he did in that game. Yes, it's Missouri State, but doing even those things that just against air are difficult um, because these weren't these weren't little screen passes. These weren't timing routes. These were deep throws with guys in coverage and then also having to adjust on the run. And he was, I mean, he was perfect on every single throw I just mentioned, except that his receiver dropped one pass and that wasn't his fault. It was, I think OU, um, I don't know if he wins the Heisman this year, obviously, but him and Sam Ellinger are obviously the two best quarterbacks in that league. And uh, as of right now, I'd say OU's the, uh, proved itself worthy of being the favorite in the Big 12 just because of what the big questions we had at quarterback. If I'm an Oklahoma fan, the most uh, promising thing about your takeaways there was how in sync 
it sounds like he and his receivers are. And this is a new quarterback. This is a cast of pretty new receivers with the exception of Charleston Rambo. But what's made Oklahoma so successful in the last few seasons, you've, of course, you got to mention the, the Heisman winning QBs, but they've always had such a good rapport with their receivers. And I think Lincoln Riley gives his receivers a lot of leeway to, to kind of improv out there. And you've seen CeeDee Lamb, Hollywood Brown, and Mark Andrews as a tight end, D.D. Westbrook. Those guys are like making plays and they're cutting off routes and they're and they're sort of they're, they have the option to kind of do what they want and in hopes that their quarterback's going to find them. And it's, it sounds like Spencer Rattler already has that established with again a new receiving core. So that that sounds pretty pretty promising. And then of course like classic Lincoln Riley, he, you know he, he's pretty young, but sometimes he he seems like he's you know kind of seen the world. And he yeah. was like you know he was just like yeah uh, he did okay. And you, you wrote about it. I loved your piece. Pretty ho-hum. It, it's, it, it's, it seems like he's keeping expectations low, at least outwardly, for Spencer Rattler. He's a young kid. He's, he's, not, he's not getting the anointing oils out. Um, and I think, that's, I think that's, that's probably pretty important for Lincoln Riley to do. Yeah, you know, their big thing going into that, and even and even Spencer's teammates were saying it was about they were worried about how he would react in his first start, would be too amped up and all this, because Lincoln Riley, as he's he's mentioned even going into that game, he's been afforded the luxury of having quarterbacks who have either played in big games already before or were, you know, upperclassmen and kind of accustomed to seeing all these things. And Spencer Rattler had seen it, but from the sideline last season under Jalen Hurts, and it wasn't known, hey, did he actually learn anything from Jalen Hurts? How's that going to translate to the field? And he went out there. He didn't rush anything um, and wasn't, you know, freaking out out there, even when there was some pressure from Missouri State, which happened a couple times in the game because, as I mentioned, there were players out, and uh, one side of OU's line was pretty much all reserves. And um, – I thought he did a good job under pressure, and that was the number one thing that Lincoln Riley would, was talking about with whenever asked about him. He wasn't talking about the throws or anything. He was just saying, I'm glad he was out there playing calm and, and doing all of that. But uh, his his one-liner really about his his play was, yeah, he did okay. And uh, I, I kind of laughed when I, I heard that because it was just like, you know, I know we're trying to – coaches always downplay stuff, especially when you're playing an FCS opponent, but – it is so clear and obvious that this this kid is something special. Absolutely. Well, Brandon, we're glad you were out there. Uh, if if you're interested in learning more about this debut, go read Brandon's story. It's on 24-7 Sports. Headline is, Welcome to OU, Spencer Rattler, where exceptional is now ho-hum. We're glad that you were able to get to the game and, and catch the former five-star in his debut. It's, it seems like the big 12 might just be him and, and Texas and maybe Oklahoma state. We'll see how the Cowboys do this weekend, but that's three really good quarterbacks and Sam Ellinger and Spencer Sanders um, against Spencer Rattler. So there's going to be some fireworks in the conference this year. That's going to do it for today's episode of the college football daily. Again, thank you so much to Brandon Marcello for joining us. Thanks to our producer, Tiny Levitt. I'm Trey Scott. If you want to throw us a five-star rating on Apple podcast, we will see you Wednesday.